Hey everybody, this is Denton Gillen coming at you with more Whole Backstage Live. Now this episode was not a scheduled interview. Today is a bonus conversation that took place after the June 30th Brass Band of Huntsville concert at the Whole Backstage Theater as an impromptu sit-down with my good friend and WBS board member, John Everett Brewer. We have shared the stage multiple times and you'll hear us talk about memories from those performances as well as our thoughts on the whole backstage and some of the exciting things we have planned for the next few seasons. Most recently, we were both in the whole backstage production Little Shop of Horrors and John Everett actually helped build and operate the full-grown version of the plant Audrey 2. If you're familiar with the show or saw our version, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We had Cole Nichols and Tim Nichols who worked on the frame and the operational skeleton for this plant and the final color and design of its head and face. And John Everett and Johnny Brewer then designed a pulley system that would give it facial expressions and move its lips that helped shape its words as it spoke. And it was really fascinating watching John Everett work that whole contraption backstage. Now this large plant was over six feet tall and probably about eight feet long with a large mouth that actually allowed the plant to, quote, eat some of our uh, cast members, including myself, on stage. So we were especially grateful for his help in creating that full-grown version of Audrey 2, but also his willingness to step in and be the puppeteer for that character in our show. That was a really, really amazing performance that we don't talk about in this episode, but I wanted you to know. So, as I said, this was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, so you will hear uh, the air conditioning unit running in the background. Uh, There are people walking through the space we're recording in at some point. So, that is why those sounds are there, and uh, this is my conversation with John Everett Brewer. Hope you enjoy. But it adds another media. It adds another sure, yeah. Way to get entertained. Yeah, I threw the uh, Guys and Dolls promo up there so people can see that. Um, so This is such a good thing. I'm very impressed. Well, I, I'm happy to be doing it, man. I mean, like, I'm, the interviews that we've gotten so far are incredible. Like, John Harvey producing that big band of brothers album i mean i told him he said i needed to get out more (laughs) but during the interview with him i told him that um i said this is the coolest thing anybody i know has ever done yeah yeah (laughs) because i mean like he's got a physical copy right here yeah and that's i'm telling you the perks of hosting the show have already kicked in because i got the uh i got the vinyl of big band he gave that to you yeah nice so uh, that was that was really thoughtful of him to bring that and uh, just say, "Hey, do you want do you want this?" And I, yeah, man, I'm we we play records. We got, we got a stampede coming through here. <laughs> oh, y'all are fun. So we're we're uh, for for if you're listening, <laughs> me and John Everett are just uh, kicking it in the studio, which is a shared space in the Black Box Theater, and apparently. We didn't book the space. <laughs> hey, it's a community theater <laughs> yeah. around here. You know, you got to learn to share the space. <laughs> yeah. But this is legitimate. I mean, this is this is a cool setup, and I'm really impressed. And this is something that the whole backstage needs, and this community needs. Man. Different form. 
it's going to be fun. But, yeah, this, you know, and I, I told Johnny during his interview that I wanted to bring the things that go on in this building and share the things that we do with people in different ways, on different platforms and different formats so that more people can experience, like, you know, I think one thing I said on that episode was if you if you are somebody who doesn't come to the theater, then maybe you play podcasts on your phone, in yeah. your car, whatever. Um, the thing about it, though, is with podcasts, it's mostly storytelling, right? You sure, get, yeah, yeah. You get induced by a story. Think about how many stories have happened in this building. I mean, before it was Absolutely. a theater, when it was a school. There's people here that went to school here. The stories need to be shared other than people who are in shows. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean there's 100 years of history in the building itself and 50 years of history as as an entity, the whole backstage. So, um, yeah, the, the people that have come through here, the people that... I, and I, I told... Uh, I had an interview earlier today where, you know, I mentioned that the there's probably a handful of people. This has been... We're, we're coming up on celebrating our 50th anniversary as a theater. Mm-hmm. And there are a handful of people who are responsible for that, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's an army of people. Oh, yeah. But there are a few who keep come, keep showing up, keep pushing things, keep having ideas, keep manifesting those ideas, and, and keep inviting people, and keep putting on shows worth watching. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's... And, and I was talking about it with my parents yesterday. It's, you know, you can come to a show and come be in a show, and that's a lot of time and effort that you're giving just to entertain people. You're not getting sure. anything out of it. You're paying your gas to your, you know, you're paying to be there with your time and money. But there's also another level of people that you meet here that have dedicated a chunk of their lives. Yes, yeah. You know, and it's a part of their lives. So, yes, you know, once it, it's all one collective organization that makes it great. But there are people that you talk to that you can just tell it is actually a part of their lives. Yeah. They've made that decision to, I'm, you know, I'm going to work here. This is my career. I'm going to take care of my family. But also I'm going to dedicate this part of my life to this theater. And and we were that's another thing we were talking during Johnny's episode. I, I asked him how long he had been involved with the whole backstage, and I think he said something like forty years. Yeah. Either I wanted to say forty-eight at first, but then I thought thirty-eight, so I'm going to just say forty. Yeah. That's a nice safe number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't want to offend anybody. Forty-ish. I think it is like thirty-eight. So I mean, that's that's uh, more than half of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean that's that's a big deal. Um, and and one of the questions I asked him when we were talking about that was like, why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, not not why, but like how? What, what what drives you? You know, and it's it's the people, it's the connection, it's the sharing something meaningful with with the people who come through the doors. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and you know, just think of like every group you've been a part of that you've worked really hard on something. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get. It's easy to fall into times of weakness and times of despair and disappointment and things. But these people that we're referring to, because I mean, there's there's people here that today that have been here longer than Johnny 
So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people that have been here for a long time. It's easy to get down when something doesn't come together right away or, you know, it's not what you had in mind to begin with. And a great example is Guys and Dolls because it's fresh on my brain because we just did it. Absolutely. By the way, phenomenal job as, as Nathan, good old Nathan. Today, literally, I caught I mean, myself saying, all right, all right, about 10 times, <laughs> all right. And I said, like, okay, I got to get rid of that. I thoroughly enjoyed that show. It was fantastic. I appreciate it. It was a good one. But the thing is, bringing it back is uh, there were points of that show where I was thinking, this is not as good as I wanted it to be. Or when I auditioned, I envisioned the quality and I was like, this is, is not living up to it. And it's easy to get down on the group, on the organization. But literally, it, it, ha- it never fails. Opening night or the first weekend, you pull together as a group and it's crazy to see that happen yeah it it came together beautifully (laughs) that's funny that you mentioned that that's one thing that's another thing that adam uh carboni mentioned today i don't know that i've said that i interviewed him today um that that'll be coming out soon or will have already come out depending on when we stick this in the lineup um this is but this is a little sit down impromptu you know conversation you hear the air conditioning in the background. You heard the stampede come through a while ago. I mean, we're just we're just hanging out. Sure. <laughs> but, oh yeah. But that's one thing Adam mentioned about in the film industry. You know, he said that um, when you cast somebody, like you, you honestly, it, we, we were really talking about the finished product of a whole project, mm-hmm. like a commercial or short film or or whatever. He said that uh, you never know what it's going to be. Really, yeah. The, you know, the he he said he, he tries to focus on the process because if, if he thinks too much about what the finished product is going to be, he misses a lot through the journey, the process. Hundred percent. And and he he mentioned like you know when you cast somebody, sometimes they're fantastic, sometimes they're professional, sometimes they're goofy, sometimes they're they're personable, sometimes they're not. Sometimes you're thinking, what have I done? And they turn it on like the night before yeah. the performance, and then they show up, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's why we cast them." I remember now, <laughs> but you're worried. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. Sometimes I mean, that's how I am, so I can't say anything. I save my energy till that first week. You show up night one. I show up. <laughs> usually, it's like the night before, and I start doing crazy stuff on stage, and it gives the, you know whoever the director is a panic attack. But yeah. I've proven that that style works for me. <laughs> So it's kind of easy to trust, but that's the thing is every show I've ever done, and I've done a lot of shows, every show I've ever done, it seems to fall into that sort of style where you have your doubts and you're kind of worried for a little bit. You know, maybe there's even some drama, maybe there's some arguments between the cast, but it never fails. Every time you that you open that curtain and there's an audience there, it's like, all right, we, we're we doing this. All right. We are doing this. We are all together. <laughs> all right. Here we all are. All right. All right. They're out there. We're going to do the show now. And it, but it, but every time I do a new show, I'm always thinking like, oh, this one's not going to come together. Oh, this, this is going to be the one. <laughs> After ev- every time you see it happen time and time again, and you're still like, oh, I don't know. This is the one where it's not going to come together. In the this end, is and the it one. always does. <laughs> and that's beautiful. It's terrifying. Really? Yeah. It really but is. it's so beautiful that that's the way it works the process of of the theater and and that's one thing you know when you you get so many different people coming together some you may know some you may not have Mm -hmm. ever met before like we i I think about you were talking about people dedicating time 
I think about BK, mm-hmm. who has he, he drives over an hour mm-hmm. and has done what four or five shows in a row here. Yeah, I mean that guy is dedicated. Yep. You know, I mean he and he's talented on stage and and talented in, in the shop and he's just he he's an, a value add. You know, <laughs> I mean that's for sure. That's that's what. But that's easy to overlook. It's yeah, easy yeah. to forget about that when he's just there every night. It's easy to mm-hmm. forget. Maybe the first couple of nights are like, wow, you drove that. But then you just forget about it. And then when it hits because you. Because it's just what happens. It's yeah. just, he's just there. And you start expecting people to be there. And one night they're not. And you you realize, wow, they are driving three hours every day of their lives back and forth. You know? <laughs> so. I mean, I think how many, how, how many weeks did y'all have rehearsal? So like five Mm, more than that probably like eight okay and not every day three plus rehearsals a week easy though yeah like maybe four sometimes five yeah but three plus easy Mm -hmm. for eight weeks so that's minimum 24 trips Mm -hmm. for just say somebody like him Mm. over an hour that's 24 hours yeah of driving just to come put on a show that he does not get compensated for. Right. Nobody. Th- our whole organization is volunteer, and we have some fantastic people who just do it. Again, do it for the love. That question. Why? Why? <laughs> and it's easy. That's what I'm talking about. It's easy to, in those moments, where you're not feeling the best about the show or what your, the group that you were put with mm-hmm. has done so far. It's easy to be like, why am I doing this? I mean, everybody. I don't. I drive 15 minutes and I got in those moments where like, I'm like, why am I doing this? But <laughs> it always pays off in the end to see yeah. a group yeah. of people that don't know each other. Like everybody doesn't know each other. Some people have, some people have worked with each other before. Some people know each other, but it never fails. It always comes together. It's so beautiful to watch, but it's kind of more beautiful to watch once it's already over because you're like, you can breathe that sure. sigh of relief. So this show, would you, uh, would you have when I hear people talking about shows it makes me want to see it but mm-hmm. if I'm in it I'm like I'll never see this show yeah but I'm glad you enjoyed it exactly you know <laughs> exactly and like I was the lead in this show so sure. I got a lot of people saying individually like your performance was great because yeah. I was on stage way too much because <laughs> those lines that many lines you're on stage as much as prescribed yeah it was too much but <laughs> you know people are naturally going to be like you did a great job because of yeah. how much i was out there and i really appreciate that like i really appreciate everybody's comment but i you're right i love to hear more like i really enjoyed the show like we are so glad we came like those are mm-hmm. the comments that i'm looking for but also on the flip side of that and i was talking about this yesterday is I almost get more satisfaction talking to someone who has been in theater or is like more aware of theater that I can go up to and be like, you know, maybe we're in the lobby and they're like, great job. The show was great. And I'm like, thank you. And then I take them to the side and I'm like, okay, now tell me what you really (laughs) thought. And I love to hear it because you get criticism. You know, it's not like, I want to hear everything that you didn't like about the show, but with them, you can ask, how was the production value? Exactly. Cause that's all I care about. Like, did you enjoy seeing this person? It was, how was the overall production value? How, how did the stage look? Exactly. Did did the lights screw up? You know, did it sound good? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, I really like those moments because it feels more real 
mm-hmm. than like, oh, you did so good, which I know, yeah. like, I really appreciate those comments too, but getting to hear like someone who really is dissecting the whole show, mm-hmm. that re- I really love that. And a lot of the time, those people too, you can ask, um, or they might just volunteer, hey, I saw this, like something you noticed as a cast member mm-hmm. that's that maybe happened during the show that the audience would never yes. see or would never notice. But like maybe a prop got left side stage and somebody was empty handed, but they covered it or anything like that. You, it's fun to get those people that say, yeah, I noticed that, uh, you know, whoever's like one night, one of the uh, in, in uh, Guys and Dolls during one of the hot box scenes, one of the dancers, uh, like their long skirt, they, the dancers had on two different skirts mm-hmm. for the first half of the song. It was a longer skirt and then it came off and they were dancing in a shorter skirt yes. for the second half of the song. So one of the dancers told me that her either long, that her long skirt had either, um, it was, it, it was misplaced or it came off prematurely or whatever Mm -hmm. and so she was like i was just out there dancing in my short skirt like the whole time and i was the only one and like so you know those things somebody probably noticed that sure (laughs) because she was one out of 15 girls who like obviously was dressed differently but but, um those those types of things happen and yeah those can be beautiful in their own way too yeah and especially i'm just I, when things happen like that on stage, when I'm on there, I, I, I stay really calm when I'm on the stage. It's very strange. Sure. But I notice when I notice things like that, I will do something ridiculous to take the attention away from that and just write on me like, Hey guys, <laughs> don't look at her shirt her, her skirt that just fell off. Look at me. Yeah. So that, those are the little moments where I get a little crazy. I experienced a couple of those. I'm sure. Um, when we did Charlie's aunt together, we did noises off together mm-hmm. more recently, but I was, I worked more closely with you on stage, like side by side and face to face in Charlie's aunt. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm one that can keep my composure if I've practiced it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'll admit I'm not great at uh, spur of the moment. Like I could be great at spur of the moment reactions, but I'm not good at keeping a straight face. Are you talking about every time I cracked you up on stage? Like every time. Okay. Well, I was doing it on purpose. I know. I got you once by accident. (laughs) I did something funny and got you once. I try to do it constantly every night. Um, (laughs) But, hey, I love that. I will tell you this because I don't crack much on stage at all. And I still don't think that I cracked, but the last night, of guys and dolls we can talk about other shows but this one's just so fresh on the brain yeah this one's just ended last week yeah this was our last show on sunday and our we did two weekends of the show the first weekend me and Corey, who played big julie didn't do this but the second weekend we were like hey wouldn't it be funny if you pulled me in as close as you can and we like got really close to each other's faces while he's yelling at me Mm -hmm. this we didn't do that the first weekend the second weekend we're like yeah let's try it why not so the first night he does it, we get a laugh. We're like, okay, we're keeping that. He pulls me in all the way. We're touching noses, and he's yelling in my oh face. My he has the gosh. biggest voice. He's the biggest human ever. But Sunday, it was our last show, and I just make weird facial expressions all the time. That's just what sure. I do. I don't know why I do that, but he pulls me in as hard as he can. He's so huge. Pulls me right into his face. Our faces are 
touching. I mean, we're face to face looking at each other. And he screams at me and he said, get the 2000 and put it down there. The dude spits directly into my mouth. Like I, my mouth was open because I'm making a face like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? Mouth open, spits yeah. into my mouth. And I started tasting saliva that wasn't mine. And I was like, oh no, he just spit in my mouth for sure. That, that was the giveaway? <laughs> that was the giveaway. When I closed my mouth and it was salty in a way that hmm. I knew that Let it wasn't see. mine. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's Corey's. Yeah, spit directly into my mouth. Um, and I kind of cracked on that. And yeah. I usually don't ever crack. But that was yeah. kind of tough to not react. <laughs> yeah, Corey, yeah, uh, he will do that. That was another one that I had to work. I mean, we had to run this several times before I was able to look him in the face. You know, during – and this was Charlie's aunt. But um, him just looking at me, saying some of the lines that he said during that show, like it, he was – he was an older uncle who was like getting on to us as like college age kids. Yeah. And his face, man, is so intense. His eyes get super big and he's yelling and he's like, you know, what are you doing? And I'm looking at him like, I'm supposed to be straight and have a comedic line. Yeah. So there, that's, that's almost what makes it worse is that the audience is laughing at what's going on and I'm supposed to be like super straight. <laughs> Just, uh, but Cor- yes. Corey is, I don't know whether to say he's bad about or really good at breaking through our, like our character, you know, walls, I guess. Every show I've ever done with Corey, we touch faces. I don't, why is that? (laughs) Well, okay. Question. Is it always because you have an idea about blocking and say, Hey, let's try this. Or is it in script? Like they touch faces. Yeah. I mean, Charlie's, I guess that was kind of, well, I guess not. I guess we just, the closer we got, the more laugh we got, and so we just, just kept going. Ended up till we were basically. Does he kissing. ever give you like a little nose? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, big big sweaty nose <laughs> kisses. Um, but man, I that's like my favorite thing about theater is like doing stuff that was not planned or practiced. Yeah. I love it. I'm I'm so calm under those. Well, that's moments. what you know. That's what we do in this building, live theater. I mean, that's you get something different every night. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and it's it's interesting that there's such short runs. I mean, it feels like a long time when you're in the middle of it, but it's super short. Yeah. I mean, the rehearsal time is is only a couple of months, um, and the shows we do seven performances over two weekends, and you know, it's, it's interesting. I was listening to um, Jeff Daniels on, on a podcast recently talk about his run in To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And they were they were talking about how it can get like routine almost when you're doing the same thing for so long, eight shows a week or whatever. You know, it can get routine and monotonous and, and do you get like in, in do, you, do you feel the creativity leave in, at some point and you're mm-hmm. just going through the motions. And his experience in that show at least was that he said like month eight or nine that they were doing that show, they were clicking, buddy. You know, and and he wow. he said, he said nobody, nobody got flat. You know, I guess they just got into a rhythm that they really enjoyed. And he said that was when to see that show mm. after we had been doing it for nine months. That's wild. So, hey everybody, just a quick 
time out to remind you to check out our production of To Kill a Mockingbird, which opens September 30th, 2022. Tickets will be on sale very soon for patrons and then available to the general public after Labor Day. Now, this is a major perk of being a patron member of the whole backstage. You get early access to tickets and preferred seating for our regular season shows. Information about the different levels of patron packages we offer is available on the Become a Patron page of our website, which is found under the Home tab in the menu at wholebackstage.com. Make plans now to come and see To Kill a Mockingbird from the novel by Alabama native Harper Lee as we kick off our 49th consecutive season as your community theater. Tickets are available through wholebackstage.com. i tell you what, man. Hearing the audience laugh at you is no joke. <laughs> that is some crazy some adrenaline. <laughs> that is addictive. Like, I, I'm not kidding. I am not. And you probably know this already, but like, I'm not into theater. Like, I'm not super <laughs> into it. I don't listen. Not a theater guy. I'm not a theater guy. I've been in the theater since I was a little kid. I don't listen to soundtracks. I don't watch plays unless they're here, you know? Yeah. But I. I, dude, it, there is something addictive about getting a reaction from the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just it's it's impossible to leave that alone once you get it. So, you know, I, that's why I come here. But I mean, Corey, you know, you can see how why he hams it up because he gets laughs just by being a human being the size of him. Yeah, he can make a face and the he, audience yeah. loses it. Oh yeah, no doubt. His eyeballs, he can pop them out of socket basically. <laughs> But somebody asked me yesterday, they were like, how does Corey make that crazy deep voice? And I was like, he just talks because that's it's his voice. That's his voice. Um, and he worked, he used to work in corrections. Yes. Can you believe somebody like if, if I got taken to jail for whatever reason <laughs> and he was standing across from me saying, Dude. sit down. I'm like, okay. Dude. <laughs> Dude. No, no. Oh my gosh. Um, Anyways, but he's another one that's been, you know, key and he drives and, you know, yeah. he has health issues and he's just here, man. It's it's so easy to take that for granted. And that's, again, I've been in shows where I've felt the same way. So it's not a new thing. But once it's so fresh on your mind, you really start to grasp a hold of like how much you can take advantage of with, you for know, sure. yeah. it's, it, theater is so spe- special, like these groups of people are so special, but it's with any organization that you work really hard for. It's so easy to take it for granted, but here at least it always comes back full circle to where you can fully appreciate the people, you know, and the, what you've created and stuff. It never fails as much as you think it's going to. Well, and you think too, we've got a really good, um, facility. I mean, as, I mentioned a while ago it's it's a hundred years old, uh, and it's an historical landmark. Uh-huh. But <clears throat> stage wise and uh, theater wise, we've yeah. got a really really good facility, and some of our technology we have is like you would you, it's hard to find it in like a professional theater sometimes mm-hmm. because it's been I guess curated over time. Like people have donated or. Uh, found found something that we could we could use. I mean, this theater really has been like I don't know, put together piece by piece, you know, over time. Um, and I think about 
you know, our uh, local high school that's being torn down right now to mm-hmm. build a new one. Uh, they had a really good stage and um, set up and, you know, they, when, when they were about to knock it down, they called and said, Hey, we can't keep everything. You know, right. if y'all can use something out of the building, uh, let us know. And, you know, that, that was a really good community, I guess, moment effort. And that's, it, it's been stuff like that over 50 years of our history that has allowed us to be where we are. So. For sure. And like Albertville, when they built the fine arts center, I was going to school there. That was over 10 years ago. But when it was built, it was like some of the best technology out there. Mm-hmm. But still, there's these little issues like their fly system isn't as big. The wings aren't as big. So it's super easy to take this facility for granted, too, because of the, yeah. fly, the fly system is one of the biggest in Alabama. I was going to mention the fly system. When, yeah, it's, it's, I've seen some amazing things. And if you stand on stage and just look up, yeah, it's it's almost unreal. It's it's all everything so intricately put together, yep. and takes lights in and out, curtains in and out, backdrops in and out, sometimes people in and out. Yeah, I mean, but the the quality. This is the first thing we talked about, but the quality of shows, the quality of entertainment that we can provide, is like the only thing I care about, really. Mm-hmm. And it has. We have really been kicking it up a notch with the past few shows in terms of quality. Sure. I mean, it's just getting better and better. So my only hope is that, you know, we keep drawing more people, which we're doing and we keep getting support from the community because it's hard to, I mean, everybody (laughs) knows, I mean, at this point that it's hard to find funding in the arts. It is. It's hard. And, you know, part of getting through COVID was, uh, grants and sometimes loans, right. which we now have. Exactly. So, um, part of it is paying for the technology we use and the, uh, the, the, just the facility maintenance, the lights, the air, the, um, stage costs, <clears throat> the cost of putting on a show, the props, the costumes. Um, but yeah, without, like you mentioned, the quality of the shows without the talent, that comes through the doors. The talent available in North Alabama is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, no question. Gunnersville, Marshall County, and uh, North Alabama, people who drive from, from like a, an hour or more away to come be in a show is unreal. Mm-hmm. And um, we always need talent. We need technical uh, positions like lights, Sound, stage crew, crew yeah. I mean, the crew, and, and, and stage, uh, like, construction, Oh yeah, you know, personnel. I mean, it's, it's like... Costumes, hair. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on. Ushers. Yep. I mean, we need everybody, or it's not, it doesn't work. But it's, we have to be real about it because it's a vicious cycle, <laughs> right? Like, you said it about the talent around here. We just watched the Brass Band of Huntsville perform, yep. like, what, 20 minutes ago they ended. I could not be more proud to be an Alabamian (laughs) right now. Um, They did a great job. So good. And that just shows you the talent like you were talking about. I had never heard them before. I hadn't either. And honestly, to to be super honest, I didn't know they existed. I didn't either. (laughs) I didn't either. So the fact that they brought that concert to us and we were able to put it on for free for almost a full house. Pack the house. Is amazing. 
So the talent is there, but here's the thing. We have to keep it real because it is a vicious cycle. <clears throat> this is the part that nobody wants to talk about, like especially amongst ourselves, because the quality of shows has to be there to attract talent mm -hmm. to say, I want to be a part of this. This is so good. I want to be a part of this. The quality of the shows has to be there to attract new patrons or new audience members that are going to come back. Uh, but the quality of shows depends on how many tickets you can sell, how much funding is there, how many people are coming to see the show. So it is a True. vicious cycle. It is extremely tough to make that very efficient. Like it is just a vicious cycle. But that being said, the group that is here right now and the board that we have right now, I have full faith that we'll keep this momentum going because I do feel some momentum. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been phenomenal shows in the past, but right now I feel some momentum going in the right direction and that vicious cycle can be so scary, but I think if we can keep, <laughs> keep it going. I think there, there's, there's always ups and downs, but you know, as long as you have people willing to participate, you can move forward. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was, um, I was here earlier today getting ready for the concert mm -hmm. tonight and um, walking down the hall and we have a hallway that is off the lobby that leads down to where our uh, everybody goes through this hallway because our restroom bank is down at the end of the hallway. And that, that's a weird term, restroom bank. Hey, that's, that's fine. I liked it. Where all of our, we keep all of our restrooms. Sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> but in this hallway, it's filled with maybe every, Maybe not every show we've ever done. I mean, it's it's a ton. But a lot of them, yeah. The wall from floor to ceiling, both sides, is covered in show posters right. and um, pictures and uh, show announcements, and some of them hand drawn. Mm -hmm. You know, at different points in our in our history, we've done things different ways, and you know, you can tell um, some of the posters are super creative uh, some of them they've taken like actual pictures and and cut out the characters and put them on the poster mm -hmm. you know and and just made it like that uh dot Moore has has she was super artistic and very talented and drew so many show posters mm -hmm. that we have here in the building and some are um you can tell the people created them with uh, like they were very tech savvy you know they um, there's, there's a wide variety because it's a community effort, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's not one person always in the art department. Like we don't even have an art department, right. you know, <laughs> the whole place is an art department, but it's not one person's visual, like, uh, talent going into creating every piece of media that comes out of here, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it's going to be, um, it's going to have a personality of its own because it is a a group of volunteers who just come together and do it and make it work. So Yeah, of course. And you have to have those beautiful minds like that. And you mentioned Dot. Like when mm -hmm. I was a kid, I remember just walking down the hall and she was in one of the reception rooms, what is now the <laughs> reception rooms, painting a backdrop. Hand painting a backdrop. Yeah. Probably like a huge like huge. twenty by or, or or more, yeah, like twenty foot long piece of canvas, mm -hmm. just hand painting it. And she wasn't, she doesn't have a degree in, you know, arts and or painting. And you know, she's just, it needed to be done. She has a beautiful mind. 
mm-hmm. she's going to do it. And I, I remember that as a kid and thinking like, I, I couldn't fathom it when I was a kid. Like, what do you do? You're painting a backdrop. That's, <laughs> you know, that was just crazy to me. And John Duff as well. You got to mention him like with yeah. the construction and everything. Yeah. He wasn't into theater at all, <laughs> but he was so, he was handy. He was so handy. So gifted with that. He that did a couple of shows. Gave it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But he he just gifted it. That's what you're talking about. It's just like people, multiple people, yeah, just gifting what they can to put it together. Well, this has been an interesting. Uh, We've gone round development. and round. We've gone round and round. I'm glad. I mean, you know, I wanted to get in here and sit down and see what happened, and this is what happened, and I hope people enjoy it. But uh, we need to do more soon. We need to get. Um, we need to sit down and do. Uh, like a, we want to do a, an improv like comedy type show, maybe a vari- little variety radio type deal. Um, we need to read through a uh, tune of Christmas show. Oh, now you're <laughs> talking my language. I didn't realize you had done tuna twice before. Yep. Through here. Yep. And toured once or yep. twice. Which, once. Okay. Yeah, just once. I love that story so much, so I'm going to tell it before we go, okay? Yeah, do it. That's why we're here. It's crazy about doing that show twice. I've done some shows twice. I did Guys and Dolls twice. I played a different role in each one, and they each have their own you know, special place. But Greater Tuna was the craziest example of that because the first time I was a little younger, and I did it with a guy named A.J. Pollard, mm-hmm. okay? He was graduating high school. I was like a sophomore, and we just – stumbled across this play and we're like two-man show okay yeah let's do it there's two of us exactly let's do it (laughs) so we go i'm gonna make this as short as possible but this is one of my favorite stories about the whole backstage in general we go to a thrift store i mean we're just throwing this together in the black box we're not getting a budget for this so we're just like let's do it you know the best we can we go to a thrift store, buy all of our costumes, like 100%. Crocs, dirty old Crocs. How many costume changes did your character have in that show? I played like nine men and women, and AJ played 10 men and women, I think. Okay. I think he played one. So more. when you say two guys went in the store and bought all your costumes, you're not talking about two or three or four. You're talking about like the whole 20 show. costumes. Oh, yeah. We're, so we're buying dirty Crocs. We're buying... <clears throat> overalls dirty overalls um that albert wool's finest had worn at one point and donated (laughs) and but then we're going to the women's section and shopping for dresses all right so we caught some eyes like we caught some people you know first of all they're like what are y'all like this is inappropriate what are you doing and you know people will come over and say this is the women's and we're like yes we're we're doing Uh, a show thank you yeah (laughs) yeah you get it we had a little flyer. Maybe we're like, oh, come see the show. We're doing a show. We're dressing up as women. Ha ha. <laughs> we buy all the costumes there. But then we do the show and we sold out a lot of shows in here. I mean, standing room, like it was way more successful than we thought it would be because we were just kind of doing it for fun. Anyways, great reception. But I came in and played the one of the two parts and I was, you know, eclectic in my people, whatever. But then AJ comes out as his character's. And he is literally AJ playing the characters. <laughs> like you're seeing AJ and it was a cool dynamic because sure. I'm kind of trying to make you believe that I'm the character, but AJ comes out and he looks so ridiculous in a dress <laughs> that you're l- laughing at AJ dressed in a, in a dress. Right. Okay. Super funny, very successful dynamic. I loved it. Then I did it again a few years later. I was a little older. 
with a guy named Will Vickers. All right. We do the same thing. I was like, I've done this before. Let's go to the thrift store right now. We go to the thrift store, buy all new costumes. Same he, store? Same. Oh, yeah. 100% same thrift store. Shout out. New Hope thrift store in <laughs> Albertville at uh, Crossroads Mall. I don't know if it's still there, actually, but shout out them. Uh, so we go to that thrift store, buy a whole new outfits because Will is like a lot more petite than AJ. Uh, so we had to buy all new clothes for him anyway. So we go there and we're, the same thing happens. People are asking, why are y'all in the women's dressing? We tell them whatever. We go to the dressing rooms. I will never forget this. We bought all these costumes in the same day. I mean, we're just shopping for whatever. Didn't have a budget again, whatever. And we're self-directing at this time. So it's really all on us. We go to the dressing rooms at the thrift store. You can just picture what that kind of is. We <laughs> a go two to, by two box. Correct. Yeah. Plywood. We go with all of our costumes, men and women. You know, I'm coming out in ridiculous outfits and people are like, ha ha. People are gathering around the dressing room. Like I'm talking 10, 12 people have gathered. Just to watch y'all change clothes. They've caught That's on to a whole different show. Whole different show. <laughs> whole different show. But they, they got a kick out of it. They were, you know, ha, 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 whatever. And I will never forget this. Will, one of his characters has to wear this tiny pencil skirt. Well, I guess it didn't have to be tiny, but the one he picked out sure. was very slim fitting. Pencil skirt, business top with a wig, old lady, but real put together. He goes in there and he's like, I'm going to try this one on. And everybody's like, oh, this is going to be good. He's going to, you know, he's going to dress up as a woman. I will never forget it. We're taking turns because we're milking this crowd to get them to come see the show. You sure. <laughs> so I'm standing outside the dressing room waiting on him. And he comes out in that pencil skirt. It was a pink, hot pink business dress uh, suit. And literally comes out and the whole crowd literally goes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's he how does he fit that so well oh no oh my lord <laughs> like it was it was a flattering fit yeah that they didn't expect if you don't wear that in the show you better buy that for you because that fits you to a <laughs> t how literally clapping like it went from a funny joke to and so here's the point the second time i did it was with will and i did my same kind of spiel i'm trying to make you believe i'm the character but it's also me you know you're seeing me whatever and will was the characters when he dressed yeah. up in those women's in the dresses yeah he was that woman so it was like believable so it created a whole nother dynamic it Tot created a totally different dynamic yeah but so both shows were successful you in were the same way. character in both shows yes right? yes but it created a, a totally different dynamic in both shows and i love that so much because it's the same show but you were just talking about like keeping it fresh and those types of things that was so cool to see it be a totally different show but it's the exact same lines i played the same part but it was mm -hmm. totally different yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite Love stories that. here. Yeah, was that was that during a social media era where people would have like posted pictures and like, or you could have piggybacked off of that and said, "Yeah, come to the show oh, or yeah. whatever." Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's a couple on my Instagram oh, where we're my gosh. dressed in in women's clothing. Clothing. So, but back when me and AJ did it, there it wasn't really like that. So, but yeah, we'd need to read some of those because they're really funny shows they're really to. well done i'd love to well you know like you said we heard um the brass band of huntsville a while ago i saw you in the in the auditorium for the concert and i, I went up to him and i said hey don't leave after this i want to show you something <laughs> this is a such a cool setup and so i brought him into my temporary studio uh that we're using right now um and uh i said hey let's start recording and see what happens so that's what that's what we got 
I love it. <laughs> this is really good. I'm really excited about this, and I'm really excited about the direction the whole backstage is going yeah, with the man. shows that we've just done. They're so good, and Willy Wonka Jr. is coming up next. It's going to be great. Yep. To Kill a Mockingbird after that, it's just we got to keep it going. It's going to be really good. I, what I'm really excited about is, um, like, so right now, for our 22-23 season that we've already announced that starts in September with To Kill a Mockingbird, we're doing shows that we've done throughout our whole 50-year history. And then for the 23-24 season, um, so this we're going into our 49th season. The 23-24 season will be our 50th mm-hmm. season as a theater, and we, we have planned to – line up all new shows that we've never done in this building before mm-hmm. so i'm excited about that me too try to sift through and see you know what's available mm-hmm. what what do we like what what direction we want to take some stuff you know i've been trying to look up shows honestly because i'm i'm not very tough i'm not very well versed in like a huge theater catalog yeah right me so either. i've been trying to look up shows just to see what what we could even do so yeah it's gonna be crazy <clears throat> like which shows make the cut because there's yeah. so many shows that we haven't done mm-hmm. I mean there's so many shows that we have done but there's also so many shows that we have not done so I'm right. very interested to what's going to make the cut and they don't necessarily have to be newer shows right it just can just be a show done. we've never done yeah um, so that you know I don't know I'm interested to see how it goes like you said I really appreciate you sitting down with me buddy of course dude <laughs> this is so fun <laughs> anytime Please well, have me back. We we are well. This is this was not planned, so we yeah. still have to do our planned episode. Oh, okay. So you are coming back. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know if it'll be here or twenty feet away. We'll see. Okay. All right. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. We cannot do what we do without the support of local businesses and generous individuals. Contact this show at wholebackstagelive at gmail.com for sponsorship opportunities. To help support the show as an individual, follow our socials link in the show description for access to PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App. Just add the word podcast as a comment. Your generous support will help us achieve a professional, permanent studio space from which to generate consistently engaging content. Keep coming back and stay kind, everybody. Awesome, dude. That was so cool. Produce some music. Like this. <laughs> that was so cool. You can use this. This is a, this can be a little transition. Welcome oh. into the show. Hey. John Everett B. J B. Jeb the Jeb. Swag, 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 swag. This is Roundem Up Randy and the Jeb with Traffic on the Tens. What up? I'm just kidding, that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that's fun. Alright.